Section 15 of the Complete Works of Tacitus, edited by Thomas Gordon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Father Ziley of Detroit. Recorded November 2007. The Complete Works of Tacitus to which are prefixed political discourses upon that author, edited and translated by Thomas Gordon, with introductory essays by Thomas Gordon. Volume 1. The Annals, Book 1, Part 2. Tiberius Takes the Throne. The first feat of this new reign was the murder of young Agrippa. The assassin, a bold and determined centurion, found him destitute of arms, and little apprehending such a destiny, yet was scarce able to dispatch him. Of this transaction Tiberius avoided any mention in the Senate. He would have it pass for done by the commands of Augustus, as if he had transmitted written orders to the tribune who guarded Agrippa, quotes open, to slay him the instant he heard of his grandfather's decease, quotes closed. It is very true that Augustus had made many and vehement complaints of the young man's obstinate and unruly demeanor, and even solicited from the Senate a decree to authorize his banishment. But he had never hardened himself against the sentiments of nature, nor in any instance dipped his hands in his own blood. Neither is it credible that he would sacrifice the life of his grandson for the security and establishment of his stepson. More probable it is that this hasty murder was purely the work of Tiberius and Livia, that the young prince, hated and dreaded by both, fell thus untimely to rid the one of his apprehensions and a rival, and to satiate in the other the rancorous spirit of a stepmother. When the centurion, according to the custom of the army, acquainted Tiberius, quotes open, that his commands were executed, Closed. He answered, quotes open, He had commanded no such execution, and the centurion must appear before the Senate, and for it be answerable to them. Quotes closed. This alarmed Solistius Crispus, who shared in all his secret counsels, and had sent the centurion the warrant. He dreaded that he should be arraigned for the assassination, and knew it equally perilous either to confess the truth and charge the emperor, or falsely to clear the emperor and accuse himself. Hence he had recourse to Livia, and warned her, quotes open, never to divulge the secrets of the palace, never to expose to public examination the ministers who advised, nor the soldiers who executed. Tiberius should be aware of relaxing the authority of the prince by referring all things to that of the senate since it was the indispensable prerogative of sovereignty for all men to be accountable to one. Quotes closed. Now at Rome, consuls, senators, and Roman knights were all rushing with emulation into bondage. The higher the quality of each, the more false and forward the men. All careful so to frame their faces as to reconcile false joy for the accession of Tiberius with feigned sadness for the loss of Augustus. Hence they intermingled tears with gladness, wailings with gratulations, and all with servile flattery. 
Sextus Pompeius and Sextus Apuleius, at that time consuls, took first the oath of fidelity to Tiberius, then administered it to Seius Strabo and Caius Tyrannius, the former captain of the Praetorian guards, the other intendant of the public stores. The oath was next given to the senate, to the people, and to the soldiery, all by the same consuls. For Tiberius affected to derive all public transactions from the legal ministry of the consuls, as if the ancient republic still subsisted, and he were yet unresolved about embracing the sovereign rule. He even owned in his edict for summoning the senate that he issued it by virtue of the tribunitial power granted him under Augustus. The edict, too, was short and unexceptionably modest. It imported that, quotes open, they were to consider of the funeral honors proper to be paid his deceased father, for he himself would not depart from the corpse, and further that this edict implied, he claimed, no share in the public administration, quotes closed. Yet from the moment Augustus was dead, he usurped all the prerogatives of imperial state, gave the word to the praetorian cohorts, had soldiers about the palace, guards about his person, went guarded in the street, guarded to the senate, and bore all the marks of majesty. Nay, he writ letters to the several armies in the undisguised style of one already their prince. Nor did he ever hesitate or speak with ambiguity about it, but when he spoke to the senate. The chief cause of his reserve and obscurity there proceeded from his fear of Germanicus. He dreaded that he who was master of so many legions of numberless auxiliaries and of all the allies of Rome, he who was the darling of the people, might wish rather to possess the empire than to wait for it. He likewise aimed at false glory, and would rather seem by the commonwealth chosen and called to the empire than to have crept darkly into it by the intrigues of a woman, or by adoption from a superannuated prince. It was also afterwards found that, by this abstruseness and counterfeit irresolution, he meant to penetrate into the designs and inclinations of the great men, for his jealous spirit construed all their words, all their looks, into crimes, and stored them up in his heart against a day of vengeance. When he first met the Senate, he would bear no other business to be transacted but that about the funerals of Augustus. His last will was brought in by the Vestal Virgins. In it Tiberius and Livia were appointed his heirs, Livia adopted into the Julian family, and dignified with the name of Augusta. Into the next and second degree of heirship he adopted his grandchildren and their children, and in the third degree he named the great men of Rome, most of them hated by him, but out of vain glory he named them, and for future renown. His legacies were not beyond the usual bounds. Only he left to the Roman people four hundred thousand great sestertia, to the populace or common sort thirty-five thousand, to every common soldier of the Praetorian guards a thousand small sestertia, and to every soldier of the Roman legions, three hundred. The funeral honors were next considered. The chief presented were these. Asinius Gallus proposed that, quotes open, 
The funeral should pass through the triumphal gate, quotes closed. Lucius Aruntius, quotes open, that the titles of all the laws which he had made and the names of all the nations which he had conquered should be carried before the corpse, quotes closed. Valerius Messala added, quotes open, that the oath of allegiance to Tiberius should be renewed every year, quotes closed. And being asked by Tiberius, quotes open, whether at his instigation he had made that motion, I spoke it as my opinion, says Messala, nor will I ever be determined by any but my own in things which concern the common weal. Let who will be provoked by my freedom. Quotes closed. Only this new turn was wanting to complete the prevailing flattery of the time. The senators then concurred in a loud cry, quotes open, that upon their own shoulders they must bear the body to the pile, quotes closed. But Tiberius declined the offer from an arrogant show of moderation. Moreover, he cautioned the people by an edict, quotes open, not to disturb the funeral functions with a zeal overpassionate as they had those of Julius Caesar, nor to insist that the corpse of Augustus should be burnt rather in the forum than in the field of Mars, which was the place appointed, quotes closed. On the funeral day the soldiers under arms kept guard, a mighty mockery to those who had either seen or heard their fathers describe the day when Caesar the dictator was slain. Servitude was then new, its sorrows yet fresh and bitter, and liberty unsuccessfully retrieved by a deed which, while it seemed impious to some, was thought altogether glorious by others, and hence tore Rome into tumults and the violence of parties. They ridiculed the grimace of Quotes open, calling an aid of soldiers to secure a peaceable burial to a prince who had grown old in peace and power, and even provided against a relapse into liberty by a long train of successors. Quotes closed. Hence much and various matter of observation concerning Augustus. The superstitious multitude admired the fortuitous events of his fortune. Quotes open, that the last day of his life and the first of his reign was the same, that he died at Nola in the same village, in the same house, and in the same chamber where his father Octavius died. They observed to his glory his many consulships, equal in number to those of Valerius Corvinus and of Caius Marius, joined together, that he had exercised the power of the tribuneship seven and thirty years without interruption, that he was one and twenty times proclaimed imperator, with many other numerous honors repeated to him or created for him. Quotes closed. Men of deeper discernment entered further into his life, but differed about it. His admirers said that his quotes open, filial piety to his father Caesar and the distractions of the Republic, where the laws no longer governed, had driven him into a civil war, which, whatever be the first cause, can never be begun or carried on by just and gentle means. Indeed, to be revenged on the murderers of his father, he had made many great sacrifices to Anthony, many to Lepidus. But when Lepidus was become sunk and superannuated in sloth, when Anthony was lost headlong in sensuality, there was then no other remedy for the distracted state rent piecemeal by its chiefs, 
but the sovereignty of one. Augustus, however, never had assumed to rule over his country as king or dictator, but settled the government under the legal name of Prince of the Senate. He had extended the empire and set for its bounds the distant ocean and rivers far remote, the several parts and forces of the state, the legions, the provinces, the navy, were all properly balanced and connected. The citizens lived dutifully under the protection of the law, the allies in terms of respect, and Rome itself was adorned with magnificent structures. Indeed, in a few instances, he had exerted the arbitrary violence of power, and in but a few, only to secure the peace of the whole. Quotes closed. In answer to all this, it was urged that, quotes open, his filial piety and the unhappy situation of the Republic were pure pretenses, but the ardent lust of reigning, his true and only motive. With this spirit he had solicited into his service by bribery a body of veteran soldiers, and though a private youth, levied an army. With this spirit he had debauched and bought the Roman legions under the consuls, while he was falsely feigning a coalition with Pompey's Republican party, that soon after, when he had procured from the Senate, or rather usurped the honors and authority of the praetorship, and when Hertius and Panza, the two consuls, were slain, he seized both their armies, that it was doubted whether the consuls fell by the enemy, or whether Panza was not killed by pouring poison into his wounds, and Hertius slain by his own soldiers, and whether the young Caesar was not the contriver of this bloody treason, that by terror he had exhorted the consulship in spite of the Senate, and turned against the commonwealth the very arms with which the commonwealth had trusted him for her defense against Antony. Add to all this his cruel proscriptions, and the massacre of so many citizens, his seizing from the public, and distributing to his own creatures, so many lands and possessions, a violation of property not justified even by those who gain by it, but allowing him to dedicate to the manes of the dictator the lives of Brutus and Cassius, though more to his honor had it been to have postponed his own personal hate to public good, did he not betray the young Pompey by an insidious peace, betray Lepidus by a deceitful show of friendship, did he not next ensnare Mark Antony, first by treaties, those of Tarentum and Brundusium, then by a marriage, that of his sister Octavia? And did not Antony at last pay with his life the penalty of that subdulous alliance? After this, no doubt, there was peace, but illegible, bloody peace, bloody in the tragical defeat of Lollius, and that of Varus, in Germany and at Rome, the Verones, the Egnatii, the Julii, illustrious names, were put to death, quotes closed. Nor was his domestic life spared upon this occasion, quotes open. He had arbitrarily robbed Nero of his wife, big with child, by her husband, and mocked the gods by consulting the priests whether religion permitted him to marry her before her delivery, or obliged him to stay till after. His minions, Tadius and Vadius Pollio had lived in scandalous and excessive luxury. His wife Livia, who wholly controlled him, had proved a cruel governess to the commonwealth, and to the Julian house a more cruel stepmother. 
he had even invaded the incommunicable honors of the gods, and setting up for himself temples like theirs, would, like them, be adored in the image of a deity, with all the sacred solemnity of priests and sacrifices. Nor had he adopted Tiberius for his successor, either out of affection for him, or from concern for the public welfare, but having discovered in him a spirit proud and cruel, he sought future glory from the blackest opposition and comparison. Quotes closed. For Augustus, when a few years before he solicited the Senate to grant to Tiberius another term of the authority of the tribuneship, though he mentioned him with honor, yet taking notice of his odd humor, behavior, and manners, dropped some expressions which, while they seemed to excuse him, exposed and upbraided him. As soon as the funeral of Augustus was over, a temple and divine worship were forthwith decreed him. The Senate then turned their supplications to Tiberius, to fill his vacant place, but received an abstruse answer, touching the greatness of the empire, and his own distrust of himself. He said that, quotes open, nothing but the divine genius of Augustus was equal to the mighty task, for himself who had been called by him into a participation of his cares, he had learnt by feeling them what a daring, what a difficult toil was that of government, and how perpetually subject to the caprices of fortune, that in a state supported by so many illustrious patriots they ought not to cast the whole administration upon one, and more easy to be administered were the several offices of the government by the united pains and sufficiency of many. Quotes closed. A speech much more specious and sounding than cordial and sincere. Tiberius, even upon subjects which needed no disguises, used words dark and cautious, perhaps from his diffident nature, perhaps from a habit of dissembling. At this juncture, indeed, as he labored wholly to hide his heart, his language was the more carefully wrapped up in equivoques and obscurity. But the senators, who dreaded nothing so much as to seem to understand him, burst into tears, plaints, and vows. With extended arms they supplicated the gods, invoked the image of Augustus, and embraced the knees of Tiberius. He then commanded the imperial register to be produced and recited. It contained a summary of the strength and income of the empire, the number of Romans and auxiliaries in pay, the condition of the navy, of the several kingdoms paying tribute, and of the various provinces and their revenues, with the state of the public expense, the issues of the exchequer, and all the demands upon the public. This register was all written by the hand of Augustus, and in it he had subjoined his counsel to posterity that the present boundaries of the empire should stand fixed without further enlargement. Whether this counsel was dictated by fear for the public or by envy towards his successors is uncertain. Now when the Senate was stooping to the vilest importunity and prostrations, Tiberius happened to say that, quotes open, as he was unequal to the weight of the whole government, so if they entrusted him with any particular part, Whatever it were, he would undertake it. Quotes closed. Here Asinius Gallus interposed. Quotes open. 
I beg to know, Caesar, says he, what part of the government you desire for your share, quotes closed. He was astonished with the unexpected question, and for a short space mute, but recovering himself answered that, quotes open, it ill became his modesty to choose or reject any particular branch of the administration, when he desired rather to be excused from the whole, quotes closed. Gallus, who from his looks inferred deep displeasure, again accosted him and said, quotes open, By this question I did not mean that you should share that power which cannot be separated, but to reason you into a confession that the commonwealth is but one body and can be governed only by one soul, quotes closed. He added an encomium upon Augustus and reminded Tiberius himself of his many victories, of the many civil employments which he had long and nobly sustained. Nor even thus could he mollify the wrath of Tiberius, who had long hated him, for that Gallus had married Vipsania, daughter of Marcus Agrippa, formerly wife to Tiberius, who then suspected that he meant to soar above the rank of a subject, and possessed too the bold and haughty spirit of Asinius Polio, his father. Lucius Aruntius incurred his displeasure next, by a speech not much unlike that of Gallus. It is true that towards him Tiberius bore no old rancor, but Aruntius had mighty opulence, prompt parts, noble accomplishments, with equal popularity and renown, and hence was marked by him with a fell eye of suspicion. For as Augustus, shortly before his decease, was mentioning those among great men who were capable of the supreme power, but would not accept it, or unequal to it, yet wished for it, or such as had both ambition and sufficiency, he had said that Marcus Lepidus was qualified, but would reject it. Asinius would be aspiring, but had inferior talents, and that Lucius Aruntius wanted no sufficiency, and upon a proper occasion would attempt it. Quotes closed. That he spoke thus of Lepidus and Asinius is agreed, but instead of Aruntius some writers have transmitted the name of Snaeus Piso, and every one of these great men, except Lepidus, were afterwards cut off under the imputation of various crimes, all darkly framed by Tiberius. Quintus Hatterius and Mamercus Scarus did also incense his distrustful spirit, the first by asking him, quotes open, How long, Caesar, wilt thou suffer the commonwealth to remain destitute of a head? Quotes closed. Scarus, because he had said there was room to hope that the prayers of the Senate would not prove abortive, since he had not interposed the tribunal power, and thence obstructed the motion of the consuls in his behalf. Quotes closed. With Heterius he fell into instant rage. Toward Scarus, his resentment was more deep and implacable, and in profound silence he hid it. Wearied at last with public importunity and clamor, and with particular expostulations, he began to unbend a little. Not that he would own his undertaking the empire, but only avoid the uneasiness of perpetual solicitations and refusals. It is certain that Heterius, when he went next day to the palace to implore pardon, 
and, throwing himself at the feet of Tiberius, embraced his knees, narrowly escaped being slain by the soldiers, because Tiberius, who was walking, tumbled down, whether by chance or whether his legs were entangled in the arms of Heterius. Neither was he a jot mollified by the danger which threatened so great a man, who was at length forced to supplicate Augusta for protection, nor could even she obtain it, but after the most laboured entreaties. Towards Livia likewise exorbitant was the flattering court of the Senate. Some were for decreeing her the general title of mother, others the more particular one of mother of her country, and almost all proposed that to the name of Tiberius should be added the son of Julia. Tiberius urged in answer that, quotes open, public honours to women ought to be adjudged with a sparing hand, and that with the same measure of moderation he would receive such as were presented to himself, quotes closed. In truth, from envy and solicitude, lest his own grandeur should sink as that of his mother rose, he would not suffer so much as a lictor to be decreed her, and even forbade the raising her an altar upon her late adoption, or paying her any such solemnities. Yet for Germanicus he asked the proconsular power, and to carry him that dignity, honorable deputies were sent, as also to mollify his sorrow for the death of Augustus. If for Drusus he demanded not the same honor, it was because Drusus was present, and already consul designed. He then named twelve candidates for the praetorship, the same number settled by Augustus. And though the Senate requested him to increase it, he bound himself by an oath never to exceed. The privilege of creating magistrates was now first translated from the assemblies of the people to the Senate. For though the emperor had before conducted all affairs of moment at his pleasure, yet till that day some were still transacted by the tribes, and carried by their bent and suffrages. Neither did the regret of the people for the seizure of these their ancient rights rise higher than some impotent grumbling. The senate too liked the change, as by it they were released from the charge of buying votes, and from the shame of begging them. And so moderate was Tiberius, that, of the twelve candidates, he only reserved to himself the recommendation of four, to be accepted without opposition or caballing. At the same time the tribunes of the people asked leave to celebrate at their own expense certain plays in honor of Augustus, such as were to be called after his name, and inserted in the calendar. But it was decreed that out of the exchequer the charge should be defrayed, and the tribune should in the circus wear the triumphal robe. But to be carried in chariots was denied them. The annual celebration of these plays was, for the future, transferred to one of the praetors, him in particular to whom should fall the jurisdiction of deciding suits between citizens and strangers. End of section 15 of the complete works of Tacitus Edited by Thomas Gordon. Recording by Father Ziley.